on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. Here's Bob Brainerd. Tuesday, August 1st, 2023. Yes, August is upon us. That means the trade deadline has come and gone. We move into a critical month of baseball for the Milwaukee Brewers, who started off with a win in the nation's capital, 6-4 over the Washington Nationals tonight. I'm in for Dom. Joining me, former Milwaukee Brewer pitcher, Jerry Augustine, the pride of Kiwani. Augie, it's one thing to get swept in Atlanta by the Braves, who are the best team in baseball, top to bottom. But it would have been another thing to drop two in a row to the Washington Nationals, so this was a crucial W for the crew tonight. Yeah, what you wanted to see is Savage come step step up a little bit. And, you know, you got, you got Freddie Peralta, who's been throwing the ball very well going out and had to establish himself. And, yes, the Nationals got got a couple runs in that, that uh, second inning, but it was nice how the Brewers just battled right back putting that crooked number up in the fourth. And that really was the, the part of the game that changed it over. Right from then, Freddie Peralta got into a good group, throwing the ball. We saw him early in the ball game where he wasn't commanding all his pitches like he usually does. Had a little problem with his breaking ball, but as the game went along, established that good fastball and really pitched very well. Yeah, Augie, I want to stick with Peralta for just a moment. You, you touched on it. Washington gets three runs in the second inning after the Brewers struck first in the top of inning number two. And Freddie was really, yeah, he just couldn't get comfortable. Gives up the three runs, but he threw over 40 pitches in the first two innings. What did you see different from that moment on where he started to get himself back on track? Well, the one thing about Freddie Peralta, when we talk about Freddie, he's a little bit different uh, different than talking about a Corbin Burns or a Brandon Woodruff. Those guys are what they call a tall and fall style pitchers where they stay really erect on the mound and they throw in a downward plane. Freddie Peralta is a little bit different. He's what they call a duck and drive pitcher. This is a guy who has to have great balance, but when he goes to the plate, he drip, dips down with his back half his body and then extends to the plate. The big thing there is you have to stay on top of the ball. And when you're a duck-and-drive pitcher, there's so much movement there that your arm can drag a little bit. At times, that's what Freddie was doing early in the ball game. We saw his sliders, that were, they weren't as sharp as they had a little bit of roundness to them and weren't as sharp as they usually are, didn't have the good location with them. But once he got that lead, once he got to that fourth inning, even past that, that third inning, he started going back and really using that fastball, and he started locating. There's one thing to be able to execute a pitch. There's another thing when you uh, locate it also, and that's what he did from the third inning on. Bob Brainerd in for Dom on Brewers Extra Innings on this Tuesday night, along with former Milwaukee Brewer pitcher, the pride of Kiwani, Jerry Augustine. Augie, uh, stick, sticking with Peralta for a moment, when you have those first two innings and you're, you talk about the location and the adjustments that he had to make, talk about the mental adjustments that a pitcher, not just Freddie, but a pitcher has to make when you're going through the mechanics. Okay. That's the physical part, but the mental part, how do you reset your brain when you go back out there for the third, fourth and fifth? I think the first thing is you come in a game and you look at what the Brewers, they had where they, what happened in, uh, what happened in Atlanta in the first game that, that happened in, in the Nationals. you go out and you want to say, you know what, I'm going to be aggressive right from the very beginning. I'm going to go right at him with my best stuff. I'm going to use all my pitches. And sometimes that, that, that aggressiveness takes you out of your delivery a little bit. And I think that's what happens with Freddie. 
Freddie's the kind of guy he goes out there. I always say he's like going to a carnival. There's so many neat things that you get from <laughs> Freddie, and they're all exciting, but he has to be able to get everything under control. And it just looked like early in the game, Bob, tonight, that he was trying to be over-aggressive, jumping a little bit at the plate. His arm was dragging, didn't stay on top of the ball, and that way the location and the execution wasn't as good as it was after that second inning where he really stayed back, he got relaxed, he said, you know what? Instead of speeding up the game, I'm going to slow it down a little bit, and it really paid off for him the rest of the game. Yeah, sure did, because he ends up going six innings for the Brewers in this one, striking out seven, not not anywhere near the 13 strikeout performance he had before that, but again, he made the adjustments mentally and physically to get the job done and then push it to the bullpen to finish things off, and again, the final was 6-4. to four. Hey, Augie, offensively, the bottom of the Brewer batting card, Monasterio, Terang, and Weimer. Those three guys, 7, 8, and 9, they produce four of the Brewers' six hits. They produce five of the six runs driving them in. That's another good sign to see that because we've seen games when the, when the offense is just anemic. But tonight, the bottom picking up the top half. You sure did. I mean, you did. Monasterio has been very consistent with his at plate, uh, his at bats. He's really patient at the plate. Tries to get a good pitch, a hit, put it in play. But what we've seen out of Bryce Terang, especially over the last few days, is that patience and that ability to say, you know what, I'm going to be patient at the plate. I'm going to look for my pitch, and I'm going to go with the pitch. I'm not going to try to do too much. I'm just going to relax, hit the ball where it where it's pitched, and it's really played it off for him. It sure did in the in the fourth inning when he came up with the big two-out base hit. And then Jay, Weimer is just a guy. He goes up and he swings, and he swings hard. And if you put the ball in a good location, he has a good idea about what he wants to do. And I'll tell you what, the hit that he came up probably in the fourth inning was probably the play of the game of getting in the count, a long at bat, I think it was a 10-pitch at bat, getting that pitch down in the way, putting a good swing, hitting it in the right field and driving in two runs, which gave the Brewers a lead at that time. And here's the deal, Augie, and you and I will we'll discuss the Brewers' acquisitions uh, right before the trade deadline and on it uh, this evening. But the bottom line is this. The Brewers didn't go in, and Matt Arnold didn't go in to the trade deadline and say, I'm going to overhaul this roster. So he added some pieces, a couple of bats, and a, an arm for the bullpen. But we're talking about Monasterio. We're talking about Terang. We're talking about Weimer. We're talking about Freelich, who played and had a big defensive gem throwing a guy out at the plate. We're talking about these guys, Augie, because you can add these pieces, which the Brewers did, but you're still leaning on these rookies and these young players. They're going to have to get this team to the postseason. So when you have a night like this for those young guys, that's encouraging because, hey, folks, these guys are going to be a big part of what happens in August and September. Yeah, there's no doubt, Bob. I think when you look at this, these young kids that, and you got to look at you look at the offensive side of it, is the success always going to be there? It's always a battle. Anytime you come up to the big leagues, it's always a battle. But you got to also say, hey, what have these guys done on the defensive side? And you have to say defensively, everything has been a plus. But I think the one thing that Matt Arnold wants to do with this ball club, he wanted to get some guys in that can really fit into the clubhouse, fit into this lineup, that can really be there uh, day in and day out. The guys that have been have some experience, they know what they go what going through a full season is like. They know what an appendant drive is like. And those guys are going to add really a lot to this ball club when we get into a little bit more of August and September. But he does not want to 
sit, have these guys, these young kids, and have them all of a sudden say, you know what, we get these guys in, and then all of a sudden we're going to send you back. He wants these guys to continue to do well. And that's the only way that they can can do well is by getting that good experience. And I think Craig Council has done just a great job of making sure that these guys get into games, they put in, they're put in a position to be successful, and when you get that success, that can only build something great for the future, and he's doing it with these young kids. But yet, at the same time, Matt Arnold's going out and getting guys that complement these young kids and can help this ball club and hopefully put up, get up a – uh, go through the next few weeks, play good baseball, and get back up in the leading this division where they should be. We'll talk about those acquisitions when we come back on Brewers Extra Innings. By the way, Augie, breaking news in baseball, Framber Valdez of the Houston Astros just no-hit the Cleveland Guardians. So so Houston, Augie, goes wow. out. They go out and trade to get Justin Verlander back. Heck, they had Valdez on staff. He's, he's twirling no-nos. They didn't need, you know, Verlander. Valdez is an excellent pitcher. When you look at what he's got, he's got he's got such great pitches. He's all his all his pitches complement each other. He's got a great fastball. He locates the ball. He's one of those guys. He's one of those guys that you can list as probably a, a number one guy on most staffs in the big leagues. But when you go out and you get a Verlander, what it does, it just settles the whole pitching staff down. Verlander was there last year, and when he comes over now this year, everything's going to settle down. It just makes this team just that much better. You got to say that. By picking a Van Le- uh, Verlander the way they did, and having the pitching staff that they do have now, they got to be a favorite in the in the American League to go to the World Series. Uh, this is going to be a very good pitching staff. Verlander just complements this pitching staff very well because he was there last year, and what they did do last year, they got to the World Series. Yeah, you bet. Uh, Brewers extra innings, as always, is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. They know how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. When we come back on Brewers Extra Innings, Augie and I will break it down. All the newbies, all the new faces wearing Brewer uniforms now. It's August 1st. Trade deadline is coming gone. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Bob Randon for Dom on this Tuesday night. The Brewers snapped their four-game losing skid. They beat the Washington Nationals 6-4 to the final count tonight. Rubber match between these two squads is an afternoon affair in our nation's capital tomorrow to close out the series. I'm joined by former Brewer pitcher Jerry Augustine tonight. All right, Augie, Matt Arnold goes out. He made some moves to try to fortify things for the Brewers in the final two months of the season. Let's break them down guy by guy. Start with Carlos Santana at first base. What do you think? Great defensive player. Uh, You already can tell that he's very at home at first base. He's already made some great plays, and he's been swinging the bat well. I think his at-bats, when you look at at what he's been doing at the plate, I know he went through some struggles before he came over. But, you know, he got the home run in his first hit with the Brewers. But he seems to put the ball in play. And I think when you get a veteran player like Carlos Santana is, as he's with the ball club a little bit longer, he's going to get more involved with this ball club and he's going to get more relaxed, more patient at the plate. And I think he's going to be a big help to this ball club because you take him at first place, he's been outstanding, he's made some great plays. But yet at the plate, he's really been patient. 
and he's going to help this ball club and help this lineup and hopefully get some home runs and drive in some runs. Yeah, Augie, you mentioned the defense first, and I think that bears repeating because we saw when Rowdy Telez went down and, you know, God love him, Owen Miller, Wisconsin product, trying to go over there and play first base. But, you know, there were there were issues over there with him trying to, you know, fit in and, you know, be that big first base target over there. So with Santana... I mean, you talk about the defense. We've seen games when the Brewers' defense wasn't sharp, especially over at first base, and it can cost you ball games. So you can't sleep on Santana's D, can you? You sure can't. You know, Owen did a great job over there. I mean, you look at what he did at first base, he made some great plays, and you can tell a guy was out every day and working at it and trying to get the short house. But you just you you look at what Santana does over there. It just seemed like everything is relaxed. When you're it got a player at a position, especially as important as first base because he's making a lot of great plays and bad throws and different things like that. The guy that goes over and just handles everything just nice and easy, and that's what he's been, been. It really gives confidence to this ball club, and I'll tell you what, he's done a nice job since he's been over here. The other bat acquired by Matt Arnold and the Milwaukee Brewers, Mark Canna, a veteran outfielder, can also play a little infield if need be, had his best years, all-star year with the Oakland Athletics, and then, of course, came over to the New York Mets. He was a part of this big payroll, was going to be a, a key piece of all this talent over there, and then we've seen what the Mets have done of late, Verlander, Scherzer, Canna, a lot of these guys gone, you know, payroll being shed. They're starting to look towards the future. But that's another subject. Canna comes to the Brewers, Augie. Another bat that could be important here in these last two months. Veteran player, guy who's, who's really had some success in the offensive side of the ball. But I really like this like this kid. I, I think he's a, he's a style of player that goes out and he plays hard. And he's a good team player. And you see the way he, he reacts to when he's in ball games. He's really out... One of those guys that you say, you know what? You pick up guys, you don't know what their personalities are. He just looks like one of those guys that he's a team player. It's all about being a, a good buddy to the rest of the guys on the team. And I think he's going to come in and do a good job. He can play a lot of positions in the outfield. Maybe even a little infield, they'll throw him over at first base. I, I think they can try him at if they need a right-hand hitting uh, first baseman. But, you know, you pick up these veteran guys that have – been established. They understand the game. They've been through some some really tough times. They know what it is to play each and every game. They know what the, the tough days are August of August are like and what a pennant drive is. And you pick up a guy like Canna. He's a good, steady ball player. And most importantly, he's a good team player. Yeah, Canna tonight was uh, 0 for 3, but he did score a key run because he walked and then they drove him in. Uh, Santana, by the way, 0 for 4 tonight. But again, I'm, I'm dissecting the box score, but that's just one game. This Canna showed up, and this was his first time in a Brewers uniform, so uh, he was in the designated hitter spot tonight. But, but I think, Augie, you go back to when we were talking about the bottom of the order and the rookies getting it done tonight. That's not always going to happen night in and night out. So what Matt Arnold has created, I think, is you're blending these veteran guys in with the rookies so that there's some steadying performance in there. The vets can kind of help out the rookies when they're having a tough time. It sure does. You know, it's about that focus, Bobby. You know, when we get into August and we've been around long enough that we we go through this with ball clubs and you go into August and then you get into September, all of a sudden the game changes when you get September. Now it's we're fighting for playoff time. And having those veteran players that have been through it, that have gone through it, that understand it, they're so invaluable to have on a team. And I think when you induce – 
those type of guys into the lineup with the young players that the Brewers have on their ball club, and you infuse those together, I think you can blend into something that could be very positive. And I think picking up guys like Canna and, and like you just said, Carlos Santana, a, you can tell already that he's a good team player. Just the way he acts on the field with his teammates. You guys see that that guys are really like him, and he is he's invested in this ball club, and he has only been here several days. So they're going to play big as we go along through the season. And then the other acquisition, Augie, it happened right before the deadline. Andrew Chafin, we remember him with the Chicago Cubs, the big lefty when he was pitching for Chicago. He, of course, was with the Arizona Diamondbacks. They swap out pitchers there to get Chafin. Uh, what do you remember about him with Chicago and Arizona, and what can he do in the Brewers' bullpen? Oh, it surprises me that Arizona would give up on a lefty out of the bullpen. When you look at Arizona, their struggles lately have been in the bullpen. Uh, they've really been struggling. And you take a, a guy like Chafin, I remember him with the Cubs. He came in and did a nice job for them. What I like about this acquisition, since Wilson got hurt, and that's, I mean, I feel so bad for him. He didn't get the opportunity to work so hard and didn't get to make the comeback, but we'll see what happens from here on with him. But picking up a guy like Chafin, he just gives you something in that bullpen, just just a little bit different. When you take Holby Milner with that low three quarters that he throws the ball, that arm slot that he throws, you got Chafin as a more orthodox type guy. He's got that over the top fastball, which sinks a little bit, and a good slider. And he's a guy who comes in, he throws strikes, and that's what you need out of that bullpen. It just gives great counsel that flexibility from the left side that not only have Milner out there, but they have Chafin, who has been been through a lot. He's a good pitcher. He's a good guy to have coming out of bullpen. I really like this acquisition. I thought this was a, a, a thing that the Brewers really needed, and it's really going to help them as they go along for the rest of the season. Yeah, you hit on it, Augie. Um, the Brewers had a need with the Wilson injury. All of a sudden, they had to go out and find some more lefty support in that bullpen. Chafin, by the way, was with the Diamondbacks. They were in San Francisco, so rather than travel cross-country to Washington, D.C., he will join the Brewers Back in Milwaukee when they open up a homestand with the Pittsburgh Pirates over the weekend. Hey, Brewers fans, every day the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. Your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. When we come back, Jerry Augustine and I will break down how things are going to move forward with this Milwaukee Ball Club. Two months to go in the regular season and gaining some ground in the NL Central tonight. We'll tell you about it next on Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. If you don't know the score, we are here to provide it. Milwaukee over Washington tonight in our nation's capital. 6-4 was the final. The Brewers even the best of three series. Afternoon affair, matinee affair tomorrow in D.C. to close things out. The rubber match in that one. Joined tonight on Extra Innings by Jerry Augustine, the former Milwaukee Brewer. All right, Augie, uh, the Cubs are thumping the Reds at Wrigley Field tonight, 17-5 to in the bottom of the eighth inning. So the Brewers are going to pick up a full game on the Cincinnati Reds, the first-place Cincinnati Reds. So the Cubs have gotten themselves back in the conversation. We've seen what St. Louis has done before, the trade deadline. So <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but the, the Cardinals are waving the white flag at the trade deadline, which which is hard to believe. So they're out of it. Pittsburgh's out of it. Is this a two-horse race or a three-horse race in the NL Central in your your mind? I think it's three teams. I think when you look at what the way Cincinnati is, they're playing so well. They're Offensively, they're scoring a lot of runs. You go to Great America Ballpark in Cincinnati, it's a great hitter's ballpark. Their pitching is really 
pitched very well. And I'm not going to say their starting staff because they have some really good young pitchers, but it's been their bullpen that's really made the difference. They have guys coming out of that bullpen that are not only velocity-style guys, but guys who throw strikes. And, you know, you get to the deep in the ball game, and they got a closer out there that's as good as anybody in baseball. So you look at a team like that, they're offensively, they're playing very well. They're deep on the defensive side. They're they're young, but they're 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 one of the better teams in our division as far as defensive side. And they're gonna they're gonna be in it right to the end. And then you look at Chicago. Uh, I thought Chicago in the trade really did some really good things. We heard Bellinger's gonna be traded. We thought that a couple pitches were gonna be gone. They went the opposite way, and they really got some guys that can bolster their bullpen. They got Candelario who can play. Third, third base and uh, switch hitter, who I think is an excellent ball player. So I think they've made themselves better. And so the Brewers have their the work cut out for them. It's going to be fun to watch in this August uh, what pans out to, when we get to, to September and get that get that uh, that all playoff surge that we do have in September. So you just talked about the Reds. You talked about what the Cubs did and didn't do, which I think is a great point. The fact that there were a lot of folks that were sniffing around Wrigley Field thinking they might part with a Marcus Stroman. They might might part with a Cody Bellinger. But they kept the pieces in place. They added some more pieces. So I agree with you. I think this is a three-horse race. Now, from the Milwaukee Brewers' standpoint, we mentioned the two bats and the bullpen arm that Matt Arnold went out and got. Is it enough, Augie, with what the Brewers have and what they've added? Is it enough to win this division? Well, you know, you got to look at, at what Christian Yelich is doing right now, along with uh, along Contreras. Those two guys really are the mainstay of this offense. And you look on a day-to-day basis; these guys come up each and every day, and they they get their heads, they uh, get their hits, and they get guy they get on base, uh, help this ball club try to score some runs. I think the real key to it is when the, is not just the young guys, because the young guys are going to be out and they're going to be doing their best. You know, when in the big leagues, when you come up as as a young player, and you you get into August and September, it changes. It's a little bit different style ball game. You've been up in the big leagues for a while. Teams know you a little bit, so they're going to be challenged. The young players are going to be challenged. It'll be interesting to see if they can come up like they did tonight with Terang and and Weimer coming up with the big base hits and played a good solid defense that they've had. But I think the importance is when you get a Rowdy Tellers back and and a Brian Anderson and you got Canna and and uh, and. And Carlos Santana, you get those guys. Those guys are going to be the key what this team does. Offensive side of the ball, they have to step up. They're the veterans. They understand it. They have to really set the tone for these young players. So it's going to be interesting watching this. I think it's a three-team race. I think games are going to be fun to watch. And I still think it's anybody's division. Although, I picked the Brewers because pitching-wise, they're the best in baseball. Well, you talked about the offense, and let's talk about the pitching as we head into the final two months. And I think the big key here, because we've got a pretty big sample size on the starters, on the bullpen, with Devin Williams on the back end. But Brandon Woodruff, he had his rehab start, another rehab start at Nashville tonight. So, Augie, when he is ready and when he comes back, how important is his presence back in the starting rotation? And how important, two-part question for you, how important is it for him to not to try to amp it up right away and just ease himself back in? I think Woody only knows how to pitch one way. Is that's, that's 100% each and every time he goes out there. And I think the big thing tonight is when they, they said that he threw 72 pitches, he went deep in the game. And they, that's what you want to see out of him. I 
he had a good line score, but that wasn't the important thing. The important thing is how do you feel after those 72 pitches? It'll be interesting to see what the Brewers do after this, whether they want to make a one more start or not. But when you pick up a guy like a Brandon Woodruff, the way he is, the style of pitcher, you got to understand just a couple years ago when Corbin Burns was a Cy Young, Woody was fifth in the voting. He was right there, and he's a style of guy that gets the ball. He's aggressive in the strike zone. He's more of a power pitcher. He pitches off his fastball. But he's a guy, I think, in this rotation, it's like going out and making a a big trade when he comes back because he's going to add so much. But I think another key to this is Wade Miley. Wade Miley has pitched very, very well for this ball club. And to get him back with that veteran leadership that he has, just a little bit different style. He's not the velocity guy. He's that off-speed guy that keeps hitters off stride. He's a great guy to have in that rotation. So I think you get Woody back the way he can be. He's not going to go and try to do too much. He's just going to be himself. And then you add Wade Miley to that. I really like his pitching staff. Yeah, Miley's coming off the injured list. He will be the scheduled starter tomorrow afternoon to close out the series against the Nationals in Washington, D.C. One other footnote here on the trade front. The Brewers did trade away Luis Urias. They sent him in a deal to the Boston Red Sox, Augie. Urias, remember, he was part of the package with Eric Lauer and the San Diego Padres when they, oh my gosh, it was... uh, it was it was uh, Trent Grisham, right? It was it was the Trent Grisham trade, and Zach Davies were in that trade. So when when you look at the career that Urias had with Milwaukee, it was it was kind of up and down, and lately it was just so down. He just kind of fell out of the rotation in that whole infield, didn't he? Yeah, he's you know when you look at you look at he's he's just a really great defensive player. Uh, he made so many great plays. He came up as a shortstop and they moved around. He showed, showed that he could play great second base and third base. He was a really good good defensive player. Offensive side of it, he had spurts where he hit the ball very well and got some big hits for the Brewers. But I think when you look at Urias and the trade to Urias to Boston, I think you really have to look at the situation the Brewers are in. When you take a Owen Miller in a Monasterio and you take a, you take Toro, who's come up in Pittsburgh, Terang, these young players who have come up and played so well that it really said, you know what, we have so many good players here. Maybe it'd be a better spot to put Lewis on a different different team and maybe make a trade and get some benefit from him. So best of luck to him. He did a great job with the Brewers. He's a good player. But I'll tell you, the Brewers got some young players now that are playing very well and swinging the bat and also playing very good defense. Jerry Augustine, former Milwaukee Brewer, lefty, still a left-hander. My only regret, Augie, I always enjoy talking to you, but my only regret is that it's not Sunday. Because if it was Sunday, we would talk about the three Ps, which is what you grew up with in Kiwani every Sunday, the three Ps. Tell the folks what the three Ps are. Well, as I grew up, every Sunday was uh, we'd start off, especially when we got into September, September through December, it was prayers. We go to church. My dad and I go to church. We come home, and my dad would turn on the TV, and we we listen to Dick Rogers and his polka band. So it was polkas, and then it was Packers at one o'clock. It was that every Sunday. And uh, uh, I know you and I, when we did the, we did some other telecasts for the Timber Rattlers, we talked about that. You got a big kick out of it. But that's the way I grew up. I grew up with prayer. Prayer, Polka, and Packers, it was that way every Sunday. The three Ps, ladies and gentlemen, all the cheeseheads should rejoice knowing that as they, <laughs> they move forward in their Sunday afternoons. Thanks, Augie. Always great chatting with you, my friend. 
All right. Great being with you, Bob. Take care. Um, Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. AnnexWealth.com. The three Ps. Write it down so you don't forget. When we come back on Brewers Extra Innings, Manager Greg Council will share his thoughts on the Brewers. 6-4 win in D.C. Brewers are winners tonight. Back in the win column, 6-4. The final tally against the Washington Nationals this evening. They even up that best-of-three series at a game apiece. The finale is a matinee affair tomorrow afternoon. The Old National Bank talk and text line is wide open on this Tuesday evening, 855-616-1620. If you want to talk about it, if you want to text about it, all positive thoughts tonight as the Brewers end the four-game losing streak and... Music to the ears of Brewer fans and, no doubt, their skipper, Craig Council, who talked about the ball game short time ago. Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, it was, I thought the Terang and Weimer at-bats were, you know, the great at-bats. Joey's especially just fouled off a ton of pitches and really hung in there against a, a tough guy. And, um, you know, delivering that blow ended up ending his night. Um, that was just, it was just a huge at-bat. Like rookies overall too, because Andrews walk before Bryce, yeah. Sal's catch, the outfield assist. Yeah, Andrews the the first RBI. So um, yeah, we did a nice job that inning. It was a move the line inning, a bunch of walks, and then two big hits and two great at bats at the at the end to uh, do it. And kind of did it at a night when you know the guys, you know William had the big double, but the guys, some guys that have been providing a lot of the production didn't, and some other guys did. So that's that's always a good thing. It seems like every night you see something new from Sal. And granted, he's he is new up here, but the, the two assists that he had, the first one hits the cutoff man, you know, gets you get the outer first base, the unnetting there, and then the throw home was just one hop on the money right there, and, and it was saved a big run. Yeah, I mean that that was a huge play for sure, just to shut down that inning when. Um, you know, I think Freddie was a little frustrated kind of with how he was throwing the ball. So that was a, a big, big play. Um, he, he's shown that he throws the ball really accurately is what I kind of is what I've seen. Um, just he's put throws on the bag or, you know, t- to get runners. And that's how you get a lot of assists. You put make very accurate throws. Peralta was up around, he was up around 40 pitches or so after two innings. Just how did you feel like you kind of regrouped there? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, his 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 off speeds, especially his his breaking ball, wasn't he didn't make a lot of quality pitches with his breaking ball and struggled with that early, and it got him into trouble. It got him into bad counts, um, and then I thought he just did a nice job as the game went off, kind of getting ahead with his fastball um, and, and using his fastball a little bit more, um, and he he made really good pitches with, with his fastball. After you guys took that lead, then he came out and had a real shutdown inning, which been a little elusive on this trip. Was that just kind of a sigh of relief? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've that's um, as you've as you've noted nightly, um, we've not done a good job with that. Um, so it was good that we did that uh, today. Did that uh, that seventh inning out of Abner uh, in, in that spot? I mean, it's still a close game and. and uh, that, that was big, wasn't it, for a young guy to get through that? Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about kind of just giving Abner, um, trying to just kind of 
give him tests and little tests as we go here. And um, this was another one tonight, pitching, pitching in a, in a game we're winning, and and a, you know, unfortunately on a losing streak and a big game for us. So um, I th he threw strikes, and I, I just I think when Abner throws strikes, we're going to be fine. Okay. What he had a good outing. I don't know if you've got a report. Yeah, I just got a report from Scott, um, just on kind of the numbers on it, and everything was great. Uh, very happy with it. Actually, saw he got Scott said he got taxed in the fourth or fifth inning, which is almost the way you want it, and had to throw a bunch of pitches that inning. So, um, uh, very encouraged, and um, we'll get him back to Milwaukee and uh, get some eyes on him on Thursday, and then and then see what's next. So that's Brewers manager Craig Council with the update on Brandon Woodruff, again, who had his latest rehab start down at Nashville. We'll see if the Brewers want to send him out one more time or have him just do a sim game perhaps back at American Family Field. Uh, time will tell here, but the, they'll have the big conference as the team comes back to open up the weekend homestand against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, and going back to, you heard Todd Rosiak, who covers the team for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, he mentioned the impact that Sal Freelich had once again on this baseball game. He walked in four trips to the plate, went 0 for 3 and struck out once, but the outfield assists. So showing off other ways that this rookie, since he's been called up by the Milwaukee Brewers, how he can affect the game. He was big. You you might argue, I mean, if I'm going to go player of the game, I'd have to give it to maybe Sal. I could also lean towards Freddie Peralta, who was heading in the wrong direction after the first two innings, but really got his mind and his arm and his mechanics back on track to go six innings. That was big, too. But what Freelich is doing, if he doesn't do it in the box score offensively, look what he did in the outfield tonight. He was a key cog, and manager Craig Council saying as much how important that was in the Brewers' 6-4 to victory tonight. Hey, everybody, trust in your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Their sale is extended. You can get up to $1,000 off of a Dakin furnace or AC unit through the end of the month. Financing's available. Schedule your appointment today at Cider.com. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Families helping families since 1912. When we come back on Brewers Extra Innings, we talked about the acquisitions, a pair of bats, an arm in the bullpen. We'll hear from the latest acquisition that came from the New York Mets. Mark Canna speaks on his newest ball club, the Milwaukee Brewers, next on Brewers Extra Innings. The Lutheran Hour, Sunday mornings at 630 on WTMJ. Now more Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Bob Brainerd in for Dom on a Tuesday night. The Brewers have success in our nation's capital, winning 6-4 over the Nationals to even the best of three series at a game of peace. Old National Bank Talk and text line is open if you want to chat or text 855-616-1620. Talk to Jerry Augustine a little earlier about the three acquisitions the Brewers made. You've got Chafin coming to the bullpen this weekend in Milwaukee. But the two pickups, the two bats they picked up, Carlos Santana earlier, way before the trade deadline, and then the day before the deadline, yesterday from the New York Mets, they got Mark Hanna, who had terrific seasons with the Oakland Athletics and of late with the New York Mets. He spoke with the assembled media masses in Washington, D.C. earlier tonight about the trade to Milwaukee. I'm just excited, excited to be here, excited for um, to make a playoff run with this talented group and, and um, 
you know, it's all, uh, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot for me because I have, uh, I've never been traded before, so it's a new experience and, uh, and I'm excited for this chapter in my career. Is this something that you were anticipating, um, just knowing, you know, the situation that the Mets were in or is this something you were prepared for? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how prepared you can be for something like this, but um, yeah, I mean, we certainly knew and had expectations that this was a, a good chance of this happening. and. Um, my wife and I kind of have been preparing as much as we can. Mark, how do you describe the last couple of weeks there where everybody sort of was wondering what might happen, whether the team would stay together, not stay together? There must have been so much uncertainty. Yeah, I think around this time of year, there's a lot of uncertainty, and it, it happens. All the teams are going for it, and um, sure, maybe it's a little heightened in New York, but, you, you know, I've been with Oakland for a lot of years, and this is, uh, it's not an easy time for any player, you know, players' families, and uh, it's its just that. It's a little uh, unnerving and uh, something we just kind of have to go through as, as part of this business. How shocked are you to see it happen there, though, with, that was a pretty significant oh, team. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we certainly expected to, to win a lot more games than we did, and unfortunately we had a, what felt like just one bad month uh, in June, and um, it didn't work out, unfortunately. And uh, I think that that's a super talented team. It's a great organization, and, and um, I don't think that they're out of the race yet by any means. You know, they still got a bunch of really good baseball players over there, and um, but, you know, the deadline comes up and the team has to make moves and, and that's that's what happens. So um, it, it is what it is. That's Mark Canna, the latest Milwaukee Brewer. He joined the club today, was inserted into the lineup as the designated hitter, went 0 for 3, but he did have a walk and scored a run. Part of Milwaukee's six base hits, six runs on six hits tonight, but they made the most of it. Winning by the count of 6-4. to four. When we come back on Brewers Extra Innings, we'll tell you. We'll recap it. We'll go through it one more time. How it got done with the bottom of the order. Getting it done tonight. Offensively, Monasterio, Terang, and Weimer were some of the stars in the Brewers 6-4 victory. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Bob Brainerd. And we get good good highlights to talk about on this Tuesday evening. 6-4 was the final Milwaukee over Washington. It all started in the second inning. A lot of action in the second inning. Andrew Monasterio got the Brewers on the board to make it 1-0. But then Freddie Peralta, we talked early with Jerry Augustine and how he was struggling with his location. So the Nationals took advantage and put up a three spot, let it 3-1. Along comes the fourth inning, and the Brewers get to work. Bottom of the order, getting it done all night long. Bryce Terang ends up tying it at three. Two and two. Here comes the pitch. Swing and a line drive. Back up the middle and in the center field for a base hit that will tie this game up. Scoring from third, Adamas. Right behind him, Canna. And all the way to third goes Monasterio. One of the biggest swings from Bryce Terang in a while has tied this game. It's three to three in the fourth inning. And you heard that Canna scored. Canna. His first game in a Brewers uniform, the designated hitter, key there because he scored tied at three, but the Brewers were not done in the fourth inning. Joey Weimer, the ninth hitter on the batting card, steps to the plate to give the Brewers the lead. 3-2 pitch. 
Line drive, right field, falling fast. It's in there for a base hit. Scoring from third, Monasterio, Tarang coming to the plate. And the throw is up the first baseline from Thomas. Joey Weimer, two outs, two runs, single. What an at-bat from the rookie. And the Brewers have played it four with two out in the fourth. So they Mon- lead this game five to three. So Monasterio, Tarang, and Weimer had four of the Brewers' six hits tonight, and they drove in five of the six runs. Getting it done down at the bottom. But don't forget at the top, we move to the seventh inning, and time for some insurance. Mr. Contreras, if you please. Contreras 0 for 3 tonight. First pitch mashed into the gap in left center field. This is way back, and it's going to land off the track and one hop to the fence, and Contreras does it again. In from second, Terang with run number six. William Contreras, a two-out RBI double. No doubt that was in the gap right off the bat. 6-3 Milwaukee here in the seventh inning. And that was key. The Nationals would never get this one back to even, but they did tally a run in the bottom half of the seventh inning to get the scoreboard closer and tighter at 6-4. Bullpen took it from there. Enter Devin Williams in the ninth inning. He got through it unscathed. Kicks the leg, the 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Blew him away with a fastball at 94. Williams with the strikeout, and this ball game is over. Brewers back in the win column. 6-4 your final here tonight in Washington, D.C. Josh and Lane on the call tonight in D.C. They even that series at a game of peace. We'll tell you about the rubber match tomorrow afternoon against the Nationals and Brewers when we return on Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. It's Bob Rainer in for Dom on this Tuesday night. Brewers are a winner against the Nationals in Washington. Final score was 6-4. to four. And so now, with all the games final throughout Major League Baseball tonight, we can look at the Milwaukee Brewers in the NL Central and see that they have creeped closer to the Cincinnati Reds, only a half game out now in the NL Central. Milwaukee now at 58-50. and 50. The Reds at 59-50. and 50. The Reds lost at Wrigley Field tonight. Or should I say, the Bears beat the Bengals? Thank you, producer Matt, for the, for that one. Final score, Wrigley was it blow was it blowing out? I mean, what the heck? Twenty to nine was the final in a baseball game. Twenty to nine, the Cubs thumped the Reds. It was a great outing by Justin Steele. You get Jamer Candelario back in the lineup. It was a good outing for the Cubs and the Reds. Just couldn't keep it going. But we've seen a lot of high scoring baseball over the past couple weeks. Yeah, Lively was the starting pitcher, and, and he's been pretty good. He was good against the Milwaukee Brewers this season, but Lively, they had to have him. He got beat up, and they had to. he was the sacrificial lamb, so he took a, a brunt of the damage there, but the Cubs just kept piling it on, and then the Reds scored a bunch late, but they still lost by 11. So you look at the NL standings, NL Central standings now, and, and again, the Reds, they've played one more game than Milwaukee Brewers, so they have that half-game lead. They're 6-4 and four in the last 10. Milwaukee is 4-6 and six in their last 10. But again, within a half now of first place once again. The Cubs, we know what they've been doing of late. 8-2 and two record in their last 10 games to get themselves not only in the wild-card chase, but also the NL Central. So the Cubs now are four games behind front-running Cincinnati and only three-and-a-half games Behind the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers get the. We mentioned when the Reds were going against the Brewers how it's like, wait a minute, their series is over in July. How can that be? Well, the new schedule where you play everybody, that's 
how it became to be. But the Brewers will get to play the Chicago Cubs again, so that all of a sudden is going to turn into huge ball games in the NL Central chase. Pirates are out of it. They're at nine and a half games out. And here we are on trade deadline in Major League Baseball. 2023, mark it down. The St. Louis Cardinals, who unloaded some of their talent because they're 11 and a half games out of first place, lost again tonight in the NL Central, 47 and 61, Matt, 11 and a half out. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, if you asked me back in March what my prediction would be for the Central, it would have been Cardinals by a mile, Brewers have a fighting chance, and the Cubs, if they can get their act together. Of course, of course. I mean, that makes total sense, right? I was wrong, and I didn't expect it to be this big of a dumpster fire for St. Louis. I would have expected the Brewers to make it interesting on them, but to have the Cardinals selling Flaherty, selling DeYoung, all these pieces going their separate ways, talk talk about a core in St. Louis that's been disrupted. I did not expect that. Yeah, Jordan Montgomery went too. There, there were you know sniffs around. Folks were asking about Nolan, Ar- Nolan Arenado if he was available. They didn't trade him. But just the fact that folks were thinking St. Louis might be so desperate to make a move, that tells you how bad things are in St. Louis. We'll, things how, we'll see how things move forward with them. Not this year, in 2024. All right. Uh, by the way, Twins beat the Cardinals in St. Louis tonight. 3-2 to two was the final there. Okay, so you're all caught up with the scoreboard in the National League Central and the standings in the NL Central. So now, here are the Milwaukee Brewers with an afternoon game tomorrow afternoon in D.C. that becomes kind of critical once again. A chance to move back in the first place if the pieces all fall into place. You've got the game starting at 12.05 Central Time. That means the pregame show kicks in at 11.30 right here on 620 WTMJ and along the Brewer Network. Wade Miley coming off the injured list. The left-hander will get the start in D.C. tomorrow afternoon. Miley with a record of 6-2, and two, an ERA of 3.06. He's got 46 strikeouts, but he's an innings eater. So the Brewers will need him to do what he has done, that is eat innings, try to go deep before you go into that bullpen. He'll go against another left-hander for the Nationals, Mackenzie Gore. Gore, the lefty, 6-8 and eight on the year, 4.42 ERA. He's got 124 strikeouts. So Gore against Miley tomorrow afternoon to close out this series, the rubber match between the Nats and the Brew Crew before Milwaukee comes home to open up a weekend series back home at AmFam Field against the Pittsburgh Pirates. For producer Matt and all the fine folks here at WTMJ Radio, I'm Bob Brainerd saying so long and thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings. Milwaukee wins it 6-4. to four.